How many miscarriages did you have? I, literally, that's why I lost track. It's, it's somewhere like eight or nine, give or take, oh. yeah. Yeah, the first one was the most brutal because we told people and we were so excited. So with IVF, you know, it, there's bloating and the bloating can mimic, it, you can actually look like you are in your second trimester of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And really, I'm just bloated, yeah. trying to get pregnant. But the excitement just led to confirmation of pregnancy and I'm like, there's no baby. And um, when it doesn't work, it can be absolutely devastating. And as women, we are, there's so many women hiding in plain sight, suffering in silence. Yeah. Nobody wants the world, which, which is what it feels like, the world to, to think that you're defective or less than a perfect woman or less than capable. And there, it's, there's just so much shame and mystery um, and guilt that surrounds fertility issues. And that's why I wanted to include it in my book because I'm tired of it. There's no reason to suffer in silence. There's no reason to feel like you've, you're, you know, you're, you're SEAL Team 6 getting to a doctor's appointment because you're afraid of what someone's gonna say about you know, a medical issue, which drives people further and further into the shadows. And you're literally suffering in silence. And I'm saying no more. This podcast has been brought to you by Four-Eyed Production. And now, let's start the show. We haven't done this in a long time. We haven't, girl, because we've been out and out of hell. We've been all over everywhere. <laughs> living my best life. I'm going to make a move with you. And living my best life. Can't get it out of my hair. Song of the century. It really is. He hit the jackpot with that one. Fact. I wonder if he knew it was going to be that big. No, he's probably just being silly. Yep. Him and Snoop. He's probably just being silly. And then was like, let's make a song out of it. And boom. Best song on the radio. Song of the summer. A summer hit. Wow. Lil Duval himself. Who knew? Lil Tyrannosaurus Rex. That mean, babe. But he does have little arms. I know. And a big head. It ain't that big. It just looks bigger because his arms so... Never mind. Is See, his I'm body not is so little? I'm not but he funny though. He funny though. He, oh, talk about every, he talks about everybody. But that's his job. He's a comedian. Well, so then I'm a comedian for right now. I can talk. Little Duval know he got a big head and little arms. Courtney be funny. <laughs> That's your name today? Courtney be funny. Courtney be Courtney funny. Courtney be playing. Courtney be telling jokes. Mm-hmm. I do. Too, that's too long of a name, Courtney be telling jokes. I'm a comedian. You're not funny looking, though. No, I'm not funny looking. And if you try to say I am anybody. You're going to be like, your mama funny looking. Your mama is funny looking. Listen, I feel like we haven't done this in a while, but we had our first Friday Night Live, so. Woo-woo. That was kind of dope. It was, and it was, I was way less nervous than I thought I would be. I was less nervous doing that than I was doing this. That's ridiculous. I don't know why. I don't know what happened to me. It was probably that nap I had before I came to your house. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was a lot less nervous okay. doing that than I was like when we first started. Like on that first episode of this, I was freaked out. I know I didn't like hearing my voice. 
I'm none of that stuff. But I think I've grown into it a little bit more. Yes. Yeah, I've leaned into it, as people say. I think so now. Whenever I listen back to our shows, I always think, like, in hindsight, like, man, I, I just listened to a whole show with my own voice on it. And I used to be like, oh, I don't want to hear it. Kind of like when you hear yourself or back in the day, because we don't really do this anymore. But when you used to come home and hear yourself, like after you left a message for somebody in the house and maybe you're the first person that's home, I would hate to hear my own voice on the voicemail. But now I'm good. I never listened to my voice on any voicemails, but I would record myself on my little boombox. On the tape? Yeah, the- girl. The and you buttons. know you put the little paper in it, like mm-hmm. girl. See, kids don't know nothing about that. Girl, I had so many. T- I would kids record. Will never know. Record like those are original mixtapes. I record songs off the radio. I remember I used to call into the radio and wait on it to play. You know, like what I said, and I recorded, and I would just keep listening. To <laughs> so it back. cute. Yeah, I used to like. I was of course. I mean, I'm a human jukebox. That's true. So I listened to the radio a lot. But I used to record myself all the time. It's probably. I mean, I can only imagine. The tapes that my family had probably found somewhere of me howling like a cat, just knowing Cute. that I was Patty LaBelle, you and were, I was you were practicing yes, Aretha Franklin, and supposed to be Alicia Keys, sound like Alicia, please. Okay, <laughs> I can only imagine, you know, what they what they listen to. I the love it. Shout got. out to everybody who's a part of the generation who had fun with their um their whatever you call it, beatbox or uh, not beatbox, but their um their radio. Or their jukebox or whatever. Like, I know. Shout out to my cousin Belinda who just had a birthday on Sunday. Happy birthday. Um, But we used to spend hours, like, making our own mixtapes from the radio. So, like, we had to know exactly when the song was going to cut off or make sure we didn't get any of the commercials. If we got some commercial in there, we had to rewind it before the next song came up so we could start recording at the right place. Man. Yeah. And I always had... A Walkman or something, tape player, then CD player. I always had one with me. Oh, you me got money. Day. I just had people. <laughs> right. But I always had one. And I used to just make my tapes. Like, I used to make my tapes. And then even when we had CDs, I used to get my homegirl, Nisha, to make me. Because she, she had a computer in her house. I ain't had no computer. Mm-hmm. So I would, like, give her my little list. I had a computer growing up. Who? Yeah, she did. She had a computer, and I would give her my list and let her make me, like, mix CDs and all kinds of stuff, but I always had some type of tape or CD or something with me at all times. That's why I'm a human jukebox. Indeed. I love it. Let's not be rude. What's up, you guys? I know, like, we didn't have an episode last Tuesday, but we did do the live. I have a feeling that a lot of you got a chance to finally see our beautiful faces on our first Friday Night Live. You still can see it. Uh-uh, I said we. It wasn't just me. You see our beautiful faces. Like, because we supermodels so, or whatever. So, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to sit here and pretend like we're not attractive? I mean, you can do be fake humble. No. <laughs> no. I don't have children yet, but I will not be raising my daughter that way. So, I need to start practicing right now. Okay, you're right. True, true, true. You're right. Anyway. Hey, y'all, we're black like we never left. I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. This is episode 32 of the Culture Shock Podcast. Um, We missed you guys. Yes, we did. I actually feel really good to be back talking to everybody. I did too. It was weird not doing it last week. I know. So, how was That's what he said. (laughs) You've been doing that for the last couple days. Do you know that? I'm just telling you what the man said. Okay. Okay. What man? What was his name? Honey, Ghost, Swayze, because it ain't (laughs) then. How was your week slash weekend, crazy girl? 
Well, I have to go back into the weekend before this okay. past weekend because do we it. did not talk about that because we did the live and we tried to keep it to a minimum. Well, you, you know, know, time constraint. My life is so busy. I don't even remember what I did the weekend before. You got to catch me on a week to week basis. So last weekend, not the weekend that just passed. Okay. The weekend before last, I went to Philadelphia. Yes, you left me. Yes, I did. I left for the weekend. I went to Philadelphia um, for one of my favorite YouTube channels, 10-year reunion show. It was a live show, and if you guys if you guys have followed me for a while, you've probably seen me like share their videos. It's a Scorpion show yes. with Kevin and Mikhail, and I have been following them since, or watching their videos since... T- 2011 it's been 10 years it's been 10 years crazy shout out to them and i just feel like i mean i just feel like they're part of my family like i feel like i know them Mm -hmm. and they're so funny and so relatable and so they had their 10 year reunion show in philly and their friend they always you know have their friends on there here and there um dennis and diggy so they opened up and then Kevin and Mikhail just basically did their show, but did it live. And they took questions, and then afterwards they had a block party. And so um, Kevin has a new nephew named Chase. And so we've all seen Chase yes. on the show. And so I had um, talked to Kevin on Instagram, and I asked him, and I was like, is Chase going to be at the block party? He was like, the whole family. So I seen Chase. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was just good to, like, see them in person because, I mean, I've been watching them almost every week for the past what seven years so and I got to see my best friend I mean we hung out and just cackled and giggled like we normally do looking like a snack okay snack attack Mm -hmm. so that's what I did oh and I also saw was able to see Shamar who's a supporter of the show Mm -hmm. um who um runs paint out loud and is co-founder of Philly Girls Jump so it was just good to be able to to go see my peeps and to see a live taping of the scorpion show if you guys have not watched the scorpion show or you don't know what i'm talking about please go to youtube and search the scorpion show with the k s-k-o-r-p-i-o-n find the two guys kevin and mikhail you'll see them they are hilarious and i like their show because they remind i think they remind me of me because they talk about everything right they talk about music they talk about politics Kev, uh, mikhail is very very knowledgeable about like politics and past presidents just i mean movies and just everything they've interviewed lady gaga um little mo jennifer lewis yala van zandt like they have been out here making moves and mikhail is like really close with beyonce's publicist so but (laughs) i just love their show and it was just good to to finally get to meet them and, and see them so that was the weekend before last so what did you do this weekend that we just finished we just wrapped besides the live Okay, aside from the live, this weekend was amazing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was gearing up to um, participate in Pride Weekend here in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. It was lit. There were so many people here. We participated in the parade last year, and, you know, there were a lot of supporters out there. But for some reason, it just felt like double this year, Um, whether it was businesses participating. I saw some churches out there. um, Definitely saw, like, some Black Lives Matter groups out there. Um, just a little bit of everybody. Of course, all of the corporate groups were out there and a lot of liberal um, politicians Mm -hmm. were out there, you know, just getting their face out in the community, rightfully so. But this weekend on Saturday, 
I linked up with you, linked up with my sister, saw a few other friends. Yes. Um, if you guys remember the episode that we had about entrepreneurship where Nathaniel J was on the show and he was talking to us. So he's a supporter of the show and a good friend of ours and a fellow Ram. He was out there volunteering, so we got a chance to link up with... Well, he was volunteering on Sunday, but we got a chance to link up with him on Saturday night and um, some more friends. Ton, who is a fan, a friend of the show, and Nadia, um, who was in town. I know I'm probably leaving a lot of other people out, but um, we went yeah, we to did. the underground to see... <clears throat> You already know <laughs> Big Frida and when I tell yada, yada. you yada, yada. when Go I ahead, tell girl. you yo I need to calm down for a second like such a presence in the room I love her voice like so many things of course she did like all the Beyonce stuff um the Drake stuff that she's involved with and everything so that was lit when she had you know how sometimes the artists will have like one or two people come on stage and you know twerk for the 99 in the 2000s i could have sworn there were like 40 people on that stage it was ass everywhere yes, ass everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> and whenever big frida was like um listen if you're not shaking like i'm gonna bop you off of my stage <laughs> like at one point i turned around and she was like she was like i don't want to see anybody's faces and like people were turning around looking to see like while they were twerking and she was like pushing their faces back down so she's like hands on the ground like it was just so live so much fun there was so much freedom in the room mm-hmm. everybody was just having a good time so I really enjoyed that. I've been waiting for months, and I'm glad we got a chance to experience it together. My only regret is that I didn't have a meet and greet ticket, so I didn't get an opportunity right. to like meet her or take a picture or just show some love. But I was in the room. I need that hair. Oh, okay. listen. I need that hair. If you weren't there, just know that you missed out because that hair was everything. And some other people lame. in there had they had to be like six, seven, eight hundred dollar, thousand dollar weaves in there because. Uh, People were looking good. Yeah. But um, that and then the Pride Parade was on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I hung up, hung out with the exact same people, had a blast. Um, I was out there with my co- with the company that I work for. Um, and they were, I mean. Bro, it was deep out there. It was deep out there. We had snacks on deck, water on deck. We were giving away everything from uh, slap bracelets to bicycles, like mm-hmm. you name it. And then after that, I had a chance to go to the jerk chicken and... Um, waffle brunch it was kind of like a day party so good you and i have to roll up over there one day it's at this place in charlotte called mangoes in noda girl i already been plotting i'm about to go on me a date over there Mm -hmm. if you have not been it is a black owned business and it was on fire this sunday i don't think they always have a dj but the food is banging and if you guys happen to get a server by the name of jess she is amazing Tell her that the Culture Shock podcast sent you. I promise you, you not you will not regret it. So that was my weekend in a nutshell. I really got to spend a lot of time with you. You did, girl. It's because you missed me. I know. Mm-hmm. I know you did. How about you? Everybody be missing me. So you're not gonna tell the people about your weekend? I guess your weekend I was, was my weekend. Yeah, I, was <laughs> I just you. told them about the, our weekend. The only thing that I did other than that was I finished up some some book of uh, what well, a book that I had that was mm-hmm. really really good. Finished that book up. It was it's called The Mothers by Britt Bennett. It was really good. Right. Um, and then I also finished up 
a show called The Center with Jessica Biel. So good. Oh, so good. yes. Um, and I started Castle Rock, which I love Stephen King. Mm-hmm. So I started that. So that's what I was doing in between hanging out because I didn't have too much brain power for anything else. Understood. <laughs> so that's really all I did this weekend. So. You know what? What else you got? What else you got, I don't girl? know. Like, I really want to tell them about you in this wagon, but I feel like I should keep it to myself. But just know that. My, co- my co-host is crazy and she whatever she wants like she's going to get it by any means necessary so <laughs> you better get on board and figure out how to help her or just watch her do it because get out of the she way. is crazy y'all get out of the way like people didn't tell me no a lot like no if I, you if i want it i'm going to get it i'm I, i'm that, gonna that say this I'm just going to say this. If you guys saw my Snapchat from this weekend after we came back from the Pride Parade, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm sorry if you missed it. I'll just leave it at that. So, moving right along. You know, every week we have the good, bad, and indifferent for you guys. We get to give you the news. You decide how you feel about it. We'll tell you what we think, but you do not have to agree. So, B, so many things have happened. Um, Let's get the ball rolling. What's something that impacted you? Um, we have to talk about Aretha. Yes, we do. So we lost Miss Aretha Franklin. A legend. Um, a legend. A show enough icon um, to a long battle with pancreatic cancer. She passed away at home um, with her friends and family surrounding her. And I think everybody um, is, is still, you know, dealing with the fact that we're losing our legend so fast. Um, and it, it's just good to, like see so many people like you know playing her music yes. and you know just paying homage to yes. her young people yes. older people um and so i think that that has really been um one of the more important things that have happened this this past week so i just wanted to make mention of that um you know it's sad because like we don't have that many left that's true that many legends i should say um well, we do have some legends, but you know what I mean. Like, right. the paved the way legend. Um, so, I don't know. It's just it's, it's just weird to know that they're passing away like that. But, you know, rest in power to Aretha Franklin. And, you know, I hope that her family has some, some comfort, at least knowing that her legacy is going to live on forever. And that at least she left this earth with them by her side. That's so true. And on Friday um, in our live, we talked about our favorite Aretha song. Mm-hmm. Um but I just want to go on record on this episode as saying uh, one of I think one of our mutual favorites is I never loved a man the way that I love you. Mm-hmm. So and I've been listening to that on repeat all day today, you know, just to pay homage to her. I listened to Bridge Over Troubled Water this morning. Mm, that's a good one. So good. So many classics. If you are so young that you really don't know who Aretha Franklin is, just pull up a couple playlists. Go on title and just start listening to her songs. I promise it'll be a rabbit hole that you jump down. Yeah. So, um, in other news, music news, can we talk about Nicki Minaj? Lord, let's talk about Onika. What she done did? <laughs> so many things. I know in the Breakfast Club she got Donkey of the Day today. Oh, she's gonna be hot. You know her and Charlotte Main fell out. It was like butt buddies, and then they. Fell I out. knew they were cool, and I wasn't sure. Like, I mean, I know it's no holes barred with him anyway, so he'll go for whomever. But I wasn't sure if they were still tight. No. no. So why did they fall out initially? I can't remember what it was, but it was something about 
a song, maybe something he said he didn't like or what have you, because he was on her first, he was on her album, one of right. her albums. Mm-hmm. And then all the stuff with you Cardi. You can't say that you don't like a song. Yeah, it was something that he didn't agree with or he didn't like, and then you know she. So she, what? That was it. So that's part of the problem right now. So Nikki, Nikki has debuted at number two in the country, right? But she has a problem with that. Um, I know I talked on Friday about the fact that I don't like Ganja Burns. You do like Ganja Burns. You've listened to the whole Queen album. I think you said you have some skips. I have not listened to the entire album because no, I'm not. Some skips. <laughs> see, now, come on now. I give people see, a chance, but I definitely have some skips. Well, see, that's my thing. Like, if I have to skip over too many songs, then your album is not good to me. That's why I made a, a point of saying there are some good tracks. Mm-hmm. On her album. I did not think Ganja Burns was one of those. I don't... Why don't you like... That is a nice... That's a nice song. Why don't you like it? I will give it one more listen. But I'm going to tell you right now, as far as the rapping is concerned, I just... From a lyrical standpoint, I don't think that it's great writing. I just don't. And then with her singing... um, No, I don't want to sing. But now LLC is very good lyrically. Okay. She has a lot of good wordplay. Okay. The wordplay is not good in Ganja Burns. No. She's just more kind of like, to me, she was just, it's more like she was just talking. I like the music. Maybe, I like the maybe melody. Maybe somebody has to be like in a smoke sesh or something like that to enjoy Ganja. Well, and the song is called Ganja Burns. I just like, every Some, time I get nine, it's value. I just like, I just think it's catchy, but... I mean... Okay, so to like that part of the song does not mean you should like the whole song. I'm not telling you not to like it. I'm just telling you I think that... And I like when she said, I'm, I'm saying it from sex, I had to zen my body. That's that literally the only... That's like literally that. the only line out of the song I like. Period. Period. <laughs> when I say period, I mean it's not, end it's of not the sentence. And this is coming from me, somebody who don't even listen to Nicki Minaj. It's not... But now, LLC is, I feel like that's probably the best song on there. Okay. Swish, swish, I'm just getting my curry on. Now, that right there is clever. That is clever. And you know know what was clever? You know what was clever? What? Giving her donkey of the day because that's exactly what (laughs) she deserved. Complaining that Charlamagne was basically like, basically saying like, you can't. I mean, you can complain. Like, if you think you should be number one, like, I totally get it. And especially if somebody or a group of people or whatever, because we've seen that in the music industry, especially with black people, especially with women, are trying to prohibit you from getting there. But if your album was just number two, like, number two is amazing. So, she's complaining for the wrong reasons. I will say this on Nikki's behalf. And this is my opinion. I do not care who is listening to this and who does not agree. But in my opinion, I attempted to listen to a few songs of Travis Scott's album and forgot what I was listening to. Like, I got sleepy. So, I'm, in my opinion, I would prefer to listen to Nicki's album over Travis Scott's album. That's fair. Just point blank, period. So I actually I don't like see, either one. Right. I can see why... She feels like, yeah, I should be number whatever, whatever. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Nikki, you have an okay album. You have some good tracks, some standout tracks. Chill, you about to go on tour Future. I'm pretty sure it's going to be sold out because you got a lot of fans. going to be a lot of Future fans. Girl, just go on and make your money and relax. 
Because you're doing too much talking. You're bringing in Lady Gaga's fans. You're talking about the Carters. You're talking about... Uh, just And that's when you, you start doing too much. You're just doing too much. Just let it... Let, just ride like, How can you handle your own business if you're trying to drag everybody else into it? Because people right. are going to stop hearing you. They're going to stop hearing your legitimate complaints if you're trying to drag everybody else along with you. Right, because nobody's even talking about the legitimate complaint she had with Spotify. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking right, about right, all this right. other stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't talk about that. Let's talk about the Spotify stuff. Right. It's, it's similar. Uh, totally not the same scenario. But it's similar to... Um, Monique. God, oh. I was about to kill me. Lord have mercy. So it's, it's kind of the same conceptually speaking for me like you have a legitimate complaint don't inundate it with other negative things that are irrelevant to the point you're trying to make right now because if you do that people aren't going to be able to focus on what i'm not calling people stupid but i'm just saying like just one or two things at a time here but you don't think that she's trying to do the whole controversy sales she may not even. She may just be doing this because she knows people are gonna keep talking about. It. You got an album to say. Okay, well let's stop talking about it right now. I don't care. <laughs> okay, okay, next. My um my spirit animal. Did you hear that she was um they're coming out with a little documentary about like not about her life per se. You know my spirit animal is Riri, right? I know okay. who my spirit animal is. So they're coming out with a documentary basically on like how she became famous and stuff like that. Are you here for that? Yeah, I'm here for that. I like Riri. Okay, me too. I also saw a picture. Now, I'm not trying to start any rumors, but um, so I don't know how true this is, but I saw a photograph of Riri and Childish Gambino's doppelganger. Um, You might know him as Donald Glover. Yes. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Um, The caption said that they were working on a musical film called Guava Island. So we're going to see. That's going to be good. I think so. Riri didn't wow me with her acting skills in Ocean's. Eight or eleven or whatever the hell that was. I think it's bigger than that, like eleven or twelve or thirteen, whatever. <laughs> it's a lot of them. Whatever it was. Um, but we'll see. Maybe she can she can grow on me. With she that was in too. Battleship too, and people said the same thing. But I still liked seeing her on screen. I mean, yeah, she's gorgeous on screen. Yeah, it's Rihanna, but I, the acting correct was a little bit stiff. Any more music news? Um, no, I don't have any music news other than did you hear? Um. Album of the Year Freestyle by J. Cole. No. What? I didn't. What? Did you see where J. Cole um, was um, performing and he did Neighbors, but he was playing. I mean, he had like Barbecue Becky and all them in the yes. background. I, I felt that that was really appropriate. I can't believe you didn't. You didn't. My listen, life. You, you don't know my it. life. It's busy. And I like how, and, and you know what, I'm not saying that he being shady, and I'm not trying to put out any conspiracy theories, but I just think it's quite interesting how as soon as Travis Scott had this album, people saying it's the album of the year, and then J. Cole releases a freestyle called Album of the Year. But you didn't hear that from me. I'm, well, just, I'm sticking with the home I'm team just, regardless. So. I'm just picking up the context clues that Brother Cole is dropping, because I'm right there with him. Because I feel it. the same way. I'm with it. I feel the same same way, but you didn't hear that from me. Okay, I'm Benita Betrayal. You didn't right, hear that from me. Right, right. I got the reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Oh my God, I can't believe we were about to like skip over Tiana, Taylor, and Jeremiah. Yeah, I was gonna skip over that because ooh, I'm gonna well, be quiet. No, so the only the only reason I even want to bring it up is because I think I sent you a message. So 
you guys are probably already by now like seen the news or seen on social media where they were beefing. Didn't want her to like uh, close out in her own city. It was some drama with the other young lady that's on tour with them. Um, Jeremiah, I hear, is very spoiled on tour. Doesn't really give the show that his fans deserve. And was more so like, yeah, Tiana Taylor's opening up for me. Like, you know, being the the uh, diva on tour. Right. If you will. And so after they had the falling out, Tiana went on social media, which kind of made me a little nervous and was like, don't worry about it. Like, the show is canceled. I'm going to make sure everybody gets their money back. I was like, ooh, that's a tall order. Like, are you sure you can promise that? When I tell you it was like, what, a day and a half, two days, the tour was back on. With Tiana Taylor and, um, why can't I remember her name? It's Danny or something. Yeah. And I seen, I see, I saw a video of her the other day because the Canada, her Canada show got canceled. I just um, want everybody to just. But listen, I did think it was flames that the very next time Tiana was on stage, the audience was lit. Even I couldn't believe it. I wish I had the caption pulled up so I could read it, but she was basically. Her caption for the video was basically saying, I don't know one T- Tiana Taylor song. Like, Tiana can't sell out no tour. No tour. Like, who is coming to see Tiana Taylor? Like, she was just saying all the negative things that Jeremiah and other people have said. And then there's this crowd that's going ham in the background. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was amazing. I thought it was flames. I saw it. Kudos to her. Indeed. I still Get your but listen, you, you don't got. Listen, you don't gotta go. Oh, <laughs> like, I love you. See, I wasn't even thinking along the lines of you being upset about this album. I'm just thinking, like in general, like girl power. I thought that was pretty amazing. I don't know why she just didn't do the tour by herself anyway to begin with. Who, we who never know. Jeremiah, come on. Well, don't say that because our male listeners will not have it though. They don't want to see Jeremiah either. Okay. That's why he. That's why he was easily re- just kicked, booted on off. Tiana and them kept on. They might not. They might not be the ones out there buying tickets. But I'm just telling you, like from a social media standpoint, when I tell you, I had to log off because right. I was sick of the men. What are these men? Are they? Are they like bots? Or are they like real people? No, they real know. people that probably got some to a couple Jeremiah songs and so he's supposed to be flying. Bye. Ain't nobody worried about Jeremiah. He's got that baby on Black Ink Crew Chicago and then we don't never see him with. Moving on. Next. Exactly. <laughs> so next. Him, him and his supporters can go on. Them and they mama. Uh, okay. Um, you can go and get the hell on you and your mama. Exactly. Bloop. I don't have any more music news. Me the music scene is depressing me right now. Other than Ariana Grande has a good album. She got some vocals. Okay. We already knew that. But yeah, she has a nice, she has a good album. I listened to it from beginning to end. No skips. So. Okay. So along the lines of like art and production, music, um, I want to talk about film for a second. So there's a movie that's coming out in Mexico or maybe it already came out, but it's the first all black um, film or film with an all black cast. It's Mm -hmm. called... Um, La Negrada. So, um, classism is tied to racism in Mexico. Like, racism doesn't just happen in America. It happens worldwide. Right. And even though it's a lot more overt here in the Americas, <coughs> it's still prevalent around the world. Um, Afro-Latina communities are discriminated against. I'm tongue-tied today. 
Sometimes Tiffany. Welcome back to the show. Um, <laughs> but um, they are discriminated against by the, their people and their government, mm-hmm. just like us. And so <laughs> this movie is coming out. I think it's important. We talk about how representation matters all the time on the show. It does not come without controversy. I think Mexico Negro um, and what is it? Um, Afro Descendias. In Mexico, they put out statements denouncing the director's use of the word savage. savage. You saw that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I guess, like, calling the black people, the black Mexicans in the film savage um, in an interview with the national newspaper. That's how they were describing the Afro- Afro-Mexicans. Um, and they're, they're basically saying that the drama, you know, peddles stereotypes about black people in Mexico. Yeah. It's like, um, do you remember that whenever Outkast went on tour and Andre 3000 was wearing his jumpsuits with the with this with the quotes on them, and they ended up putting those jumpsuits on display at SCAD in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But on one of his jumpsuits, it says, "In every country, people with darker skin are treated the worst." And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you go; everywhere you go, it's very true. He was not lying. No. Um, with regards to representation, I know this isn't black news. I'm going to come back. I'm going to wrap it up with black news as it pertains to film. But uh, have you seen Crazy Rich Asians yet? I've seen um, an interview with the lead actor, the guy. And I just saw um, a tweet by one um, one of the actresses that plays in the movie and basically just saying how overwhelmed she was to be able to be a part of an all Asian cast and to even see that in the theater. And yeah. I think the movie did really good too, right? Yeah, so it debuted at number one at the box office. That's I, awesome. A couple of good movies came out this weekend that I still want to see. I have not seen Crazy Rich Asians, but I am going to see it this Wednesday. But I think it's made $34 million in sales so far. So that's like really, really good. And for perspective, you know, I can't say like how Asian people feel about their film this film um but i know you remember how hyped we were when black panther came out because it was an all-black cast i imagine that this is you know comparable to that yeah i mean we were excited about luke cage right and it was all black like we support yeah and get out what's good right what represents us well right like I'm not saying it ain't some crap we don't support because we do. Mm-hmm. But we will get behind something that really represents us well. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure the Asian community feels the same way about Crazy exactly. Asians. Which is why it's doing so well. Exactly. And I hope it makes a lot more money. I heard that it was amazing. So I'll update you guys next week. The last movie I want to talk about is Black Klansman. I did go see that opening weekend. Definitely wanted my dollars to count towards opening weekend. Um, and I'm not sure how the film did, but John David Washington is like a fan favorite these last few weeks. So mm-hmm. he played, this is um, the son of Pauletta Washington, as he so eloquently corrected. With his fine self. Listen. With his fine self. People have been, you could tell he is sick of it. Like, yes, I'm Denzel Washington's son, but I have a mom and she is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys saw the clip, but they got ready to ask him like, you know, what it was like being the son of Denzel Washington and acting. He cut them right off and was like, and the son of Pauletta Washington, who is, you know, classically trained, was making more money than my father when they met. 
paid for the first date, like hailed the cab home, paid for the cab when they first met. So kudos to him. I thought that was an adorable clip and I saw that it got like replayed and retweeted a lot. But anyway, he played Ron Stall, um, Ron Stallworth, the black guy who was the first Colorado Springs or the first African-American police officer at the Colorado Springs Police Department. Mm -hmm. And he played in the movie with Adam Driver, who plays Flip Zimmerman. And so as a collective, they are Ron Stallworth because he calls and speaks directly to David Duke because he's trying to get like into the KKK. Of Mm -hmm. course, he can't go there because he's black. So as a collective, they're both Ron Stallworth. It's so good. It's funny. It's scary. It's based on a true story. You guys have to see how like these two men in the police department tricked the Ku Klux Klan. Because, I mean, who couldn't trick them? I you mean, dumbest. seriously, who couldn't trick them? But I, you know, I love me some Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that um, he has a, a big role in Ballers, and everybody loves Ballers, which I haven't watched, but mm-hmm. that's something that I plan to add to my list. So I'm excited to see that movie. I know that it's a, it was a book, too. It's a, it, they wrote a book about it. So, And I've seen people, since the movie has released i've seen people posting about the book Mm -hmm. so i just wonder i always wonder if it differs and i don't think i'll have time to read the book before so i'll probably watch it first and then if i feel like you know if i google and see that some things may have because you know they always leave a little bit out of course then i may go back and read the book but i've only heard good things about that movie nice so good for him with his fine self i'm prepared to move on to things that have totally disgusted me this week so if you have something else positive you want to talk about, by all means, please go ahead. Um, Yeah, I do have something that is positive. So I just want to give a huge um, hand clap of praise to the people of St. Louis um, who basically have used their voice and their right to vote to vote out Bob McCullough, who was the prosecutor who did not get an indictment for um, the police officer who killed um, Michael Brown. That's how you do it. And and, and the new prosecutor's name is Wesley Bell. He's a, a black man. And I just, like, that's how it's done. That's how you that's do it. That's how you make the change. People say that voting, voting does matter. doesn't matter and it's not going to help. That's the prime example of voting working because now they got him out. Like, these people are elected to do what we want them to do. Right. And not if they're not, what, they need they to go. go. They don't just get in there and just get to do what they want to do. And if they do then we always have a chance to vote them out. So big, big shout out to the people of St. Louis for um, voting him out of there. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say. That was positive. That's, That's my all positive I got to say about that. No more positives? <sighs> one more positive. Speaking of <laughs> one more. And I'm usually the one with the negatives. So, I know. But this is I'm aggravated too. this week. So since we're talking about Mike Brown, let's talk about his beautiful mother. Mm-hmm. One of the mothers of the mu- of movement, Miss mm-hmm. Leslie McSpadden. She is running for city council, um, and she's organized a petition to have Mike Brown's um, murder investigation reopened. Um, and this is the quote that I'm reading from, but they asked her why she's pursuing public office, and she responded, if a mother had to watch her son lay in the street for four hours and watch our community be completely disrespected by the people we elected, what would you do? You would stand up and you would fight too. So... Anybody who's listening, I hope that we have listeners in St. Louis mm-hmm. or in, in Missouri and in the, in the surrounding areas. If you know anyone that's in the community of Ferguson or in and around there, get them out to vote for Leslie McSpadden. Because, I mean, what 
just think about the difference that she could make coming from that experience in that position representing everybody that looks like her and her son. I need so. that quote on a decal somewhere. That is beautiful. She's beautiful. And so appropriate. I mean, she was in lemonade. Come on. All right. All right. Pop in. Let's go, Miss McSpadden. I hope you win, and I hope that everybody supports you and rallies behind you. And everybody, go vote in November. It's coming. It's coming. Two, what, two months? Two full-on months away? Two full-on months away. So get your ass up and vote. I'm going to try to get through these really quickly. California is pissing me off. One of the most liberal states allegedly is charging inmates $2 a day to fight wildfires. Like, what the heck? So, so they're charging inmates $2 a day. Can you imagine making $2 a day? Now, there are some people that are like, yeah, but they in jail anyway. Like, no, 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 no. They're fighting wildfires. Two dollars a day. That's, That's slave, slave labor. labor. Thank you. And my thing is this. I don't mean to cut you off. You're fine. But I'm fine with them learning to fight fires. Mm-hmm. But then that they're, they're going to be the same men that get out of prison and try to go be a fireman. And you tell them, oh, no, you're a convict. That's what I was That's, getting ready to say. For the lack of a better word, that's fucked up. It is. So if they are, the argument is this. They're saying, oh, well, it's not mandatory. Like, okay, but if you're telling them they're going to get some time off, you know, for time time served for good behavior or whatever. Good behavior because I went to fight wildfire. Like, that doesn't align to me. They make a dollar per hour if they are fighting active fires. And then that was my gripe. Like, they'll get out of jail and then they won't even be able to be firefighters. And I think it's disrespectful. And I think it's slave labor. In, in California, on average, um, which I feel like is a pretty low salary, but firefighters make, you know, 75000 plus benefits. Um, that's a reasonable salary for them. And so it's legal slavery, and I, I don't like it. And then my thing is, you send them out there to fight these wildfires. What about the health effects? Mm-hmm. What about their lungs? That's they, what I said. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are they going to get health insurance? Right. I'm not saying that they they shouldn't let these men do things they should they should teach them skills they should let them work on the plumbing system they should let them learn um you know electrical type of skills mm-hmm. welding and all of that stuff if you're going to let them be firefighters train them exactly as you would a firefighter that way when they get out it's like boom we got firefighters who've already done the job That's and they right. can provide for themselves which in turn may decrease the return rate of convictions or return rate of you know prison stay that sounds too much like right b i'm gonna stick with california in the news that is discussed in me this week or this month um so a california jury says that biotech and chemical company um I'm, i hope i pronounce this right monsanto if i i'm not pronouncing it right i know one of you guys will correct me but they are liable for former groundskeeper Dwayne Johnson's mm-hmm. terminal illness, and they have to pay him $289 million. Now, I have more to say, but I will just say this. In most of the articles that I read about Mr. Johnson, they never, not that they don't mention his name, but they just call, keep calling him that man. And I don't know what that's about. Really? Yes, I don't know what that's about, but I just want to make sure, like, I say his name is Dwayne Johnson. Um, 
The jurors concluded that one of the company's top selling products, the weed killer widely known as Roundup. Mm-hmm. I, I've totally seen that um, that name before. Yeah. Roundup made Mr. Dwayne Johnson sick. Um, the, you know, it's a very popular herbicide. Yeah. And so it caused him to have uh, lymphoma. And... I want to say this. His was the first case that they they went through. There are plenty of other cases open. His went to trial first because he was near death. So there are like plenty of days where he couldn't even speak. And so that kind of slowed the trial down. Um, But, you know, dying plaintiffs get expedited trials, of course. And so he's only 46 years old. I believe he has two sons. Um, they said that they're going to, his lawyer was saying they're going to try to make sure that he lives out what time he has left in the best comfort, but he has lesions covering approximately 80% of his body. Um, and they, they show pictures and everything. And I just, whoo, there were two instances in the article, the last article that I read where it said, you know, over the years, cause I think they said he was working at a school. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is a whole nother subject for because a different day, right? There. Exactly. Um, and that he was only doing this, I could have the number wrong, maybe 30 times a year. I, I started to say three, so I could have the number wrong. I apologize. But there were two instances where accidents happened where he was basically covered mm. in the um, the herbicide. So... I don't really know what to say about it other than my heart goes out to him. You know, he's been to the doctor on several occasions. It wasn't until the man is like on his deathbed practically that they were like, okay, and then we what, owe you. If, 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 you know, and this is just around the world, everybody's spraying Roundup and herbicides on their gardens and that stuff is going down into the ground and it's getting into the water source. And so then what? Then what? That's what. Because that means we're all exposed to it. Right. Maybe not Maybe as, not this, as right. concentrated. But little by little, the food we eat, the water we drink. It really gives the kids perspective. kids are out there playing. Mm-hmm. Your dog is running around through the yard and tracking Trekking it back in the house. house. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really scary. It is. To even think about. And then you think about all these, um, you know, all these diseases or you know, forms of cancer that we don't have explanations for. And human beings are really causing a lot of what's going on on themselves. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are with, with different medications, mm-hmm. the stuff that's in the environment like herbicides, you know, certain paints, mm-hmm. products that we use. I mean, just everything imaginable. Preservatives and food. Yep. I mean, nothing safe. Ain't that what Cardi B didn't say? It ain't safe. It ain't safe. It ain't. Bye. Goodbye. I'm just telling you what Cardi said. No more music. No more music. Okay, no more music. Can we drag the schools for a second? And then I I promise I'll quit. You can drag them because I'm homeschooling my chillings. So I just want to talk about the Catholics. I didn't even know that people were really still doing this, but the Catholic school that kicked out the kid, um, Makai Watley, uh, he's 14 years old and he was kicked out of school for three days. After Central Catholic um, officials deemed his hair in violation of their dress code. What, he had dreads or afro? He did have dreadlocks. That's um, a religious thing. Locks, locks rather. And that's what he was saying. He was like he wanted to be in school. He felt like if he cut his locks off, then he would be throwing away his heritage in essence. I'm paraphrasing. Um, 
And I hear that, um, you know, his his family is from the Caribbean. So traditional African Caribbean style. I saw photographs of Malachi. Excuse me. I think I, I said his name was Makai, but Malachi um, was well groomed. Right. His hair looked just fine to me, of course, but I'm a black girl, so I know better. Right. And um, he has since switched schools. It happened pretty abruptly, so he's now attending Toledo Public School. They do have a dress code. His hair is fine. Um, so I just wanted to say I can't believe and I'm aggravated by the fact that we're still doing this. Like, braids, they are tradition. Yeah. Locks, they are tradition. Dreadlocks, they are tradition. Updos, finger waves, like whatever you want to call it, just because it's not in a ponytail or in... Now, I just want to take a moment to say this. If white girls started wearing their hair or white boys started wearing their hair a certain way, then it would be fine. Yeah. They would just switch the name and I'll all of a sudden... Right. So there's that. Um, there is one. I wanted to save this one for last. There's a high school in Houston called Gregory Lincoln Education Center. And I just want to say I was even mortified whenever I saw this. Of mm-hmm. course, I'm a woman. But there's a decal that was above the lockers. And I don't know I've if you saw that. this. Okay. The decal said, the more you act like a lady, comma, the more he'll act like a gentleman. Gentleman. Period. Which is a bold faced lie. It is a bold faced lie. And let me tell you, I, we most of us can speak from personal experience. I know I've shared at least one or two stories on this show about being a young girl. And I know that I, if you want to say behaved respectably, which I don't even necessarily believe. Let me get off that. What's, what's yeah, exactly. That's what that, that's all I'm saying. Um, what what people deem respectably and still been violated in a classroom or in a hallway by a young man my age who just didn't have any home training. That is a lie. And I don't care what age. High school boys hound you and then they grow up to be men who do the exact same thing, who hound women their age and young girls who are younger who don't even feel comfortable saying words like no or we cross the street so that we don't have to you know, be fearful of not only catcalling, but maybe being accosted if it's getting late in the evening. Like, I'm sorry, this is the problem. It it puts the onus on the young women. It takes all responsibility off the young men and it does not work. This decal was up for five years and then a mom posted it on social media and it went viral. And she said that she did that on purpose. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's a dangerous thought process. It's basically feeding the idea that as a man, I don't have to have self-control. Exactly. Everything I do is dictated by what I think you may be doing or what I think is okay to do based off of how I think you're acting. That's complete bullshit. What do you mean the more you act like a lady, the more you act like a gentleman? It's, it's I, th- it's those true. girls are not his parents. Right. They're not in control of how he acts. He is a young man that should have learned from his parents how to respect people, regardless of whether they're male or female. And if you choose not to, you got to take your ass home. I just want to know whose dumbass idea it was to put it up there in the first place. And why... Why was able to stay up there for five, five years. The mother who posted it on social media, her name is Lisa Beckman, and she said it's perpetuating horrible gender stereotypes, shaming women, and relinquishing boys of all responsibility. It's sexist, misogynistic, and discriminatory, and I could not agree with her more. I'm glad that they've taken it down. 
Um, but I'm just appalled that this this is the world that we're raising young women from this story and the previous story. Like this is the world that we're raising young women and this is the, the world that we're raising young black kids. And we have to combat and fight these things all the time. And I'm I'm sick of it. I'm not going to stop fighting, but I am sick of it. Yeah, me too. Ooh, Take a breath. Sigh. Ooh, sigh. Ooh, sigh. Three, two, one. One, one two, two, three. three. I told heck? y'all what the heck is bothering me. <laughs> Somebody help us fix it. Fix it, Jesus. Um. Okay, I got one more. It's it's probably less of a drag and more of a funny, not so funny, but mm-hmm. I I'll yield uh, the floor because I know I've been talking a minute. What would you yield? I don't have any more. Okay, good. Cause I don't I, have okay. any more. I don't have any more. I just came. I just say, look, I just showed up. I don't know what's really going on here, <laughs> but I was like, oh, they ain't there recording a podcast or whatever. I'm gonna just show up or whatever and be like hella lit. Right? You're lit. Oh, okay. So, this past Thursday, Jeffrey Epstein, pro-Trump doctor, was arrested in the Orlando International Airport. Did you see that video? Oh, my God, he was a Trump doctor? He's not a doctor of Trump. He's just pro-Trump. Oh. Verbally, openly, and he's a doctor. Okay, so this is my thing. What was he getting arrested for? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. Let Let me tell you what. (laughs) <laughs> what did what did uh, the good doctor get arrested? For? He got arrested because he refused to uh, leave the building. So he was irate at an American Airlines ticket counter. Oh, right. And it escalated when the police were called. So you know, you know how that goes. Like people get upset at the counter and because something's be like you cannot. No I don't care who you are. You can't be doing that. And they asked him to leave for safety, and he started yelling. And insulting the police and challenging them to either arrest him or fight them. And they decided to arrest him. And so that's when we saw the video. Like, once they started trying to arrest him, he was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like he just can, It always oh makes God. me laugh when they cannot believe that they're finally being put in cuffs or removed or asked to leave or whatever it is. Like, they just are so appalled by the idea that somebody would treat them that way. And it just takes me back to Jane Elliott where she asked the people, like, if you would like to be treated the way that black people are treated in this country, stand up and nobody would stand up. So, they were trying to arrest him. He was fighting. Um, he And so, this is why it went viral. Please excuse my language. Just telling you what the man said. <laughs> I know what he said. He's I'm like, oh my God, all this times. other stuff. And then he goes, you're treating me like a fucking black person. And I... I laughed. I, I personally laughed. There are black people and other people who have been angered by this. But I'm like, why are you guys angry? You already know that this is the, the consensus of so many white Americans, white people worldwide, really, because we've yeah. already spoken about that at the beginning of this um, episode. But not that he should have said it, just that I'm glad when people say stuff like that because it's an open realization that this is what people are thinking. It's, I mean, at least it's not hidden like you guys see it on camera. And I, the only and thing this is, is not one person. I, I agree with what he's not agree with. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I concur. Like, that's how we are treated. But totally. they gave him the choice to calm down before they even maced him. Right. 
Like, do you want to be? If that was somebody black, it would not have been all that. Right. It would have been like they were sprayed, shot um, him. Oh, he was resisting. Well, he was resisting too. All of that. So they did eventually pepper spray him. He was arrested for resisting arrest, trespassing after um, a warning, disorderly conduct, and battery on a law enforcement officer because he did. um, He was fighting them back, and he allegedly. I didn't see this in the video, but allegedly kicked one of the police officers. <laughs> it's not funny, but I know why you're laughing. So, whew, I know I had, I said a mouthful. I just had to get some of that stuff off my chest you because. Did. You just came in here and let your, you just laid your burden I down by the I bear my soul about things, like just things. But that's my good, bad, and indifferent. So, you guys can let me know how you feel about it. But just know I was very passionate about a lot of subjects this week. You weren't aggressive, were you? Tuh. <laughs> you, know, you know what? What some people call aggression, other people see as passion. Hello, can okay. We go? Won't he do it? <laughs> Won't, he, Won't will. he do it? Hallelujah! <laughs> so this is this is one of those episodes that was good. I'm glad that we got that off. Um, with that, I got that yeah, off, and that you, you let you me. You have some stuff to get off your chest. Out. There will be plenty more days like that. I can Woo. feel them coming. You need to check your blood pressure when we get done with this. I promise I will. <laughs> <laughs> but this is one of those episodes that I think is really important. And I know, you know, we talk about men's health issues. We talk about family. We talk about all things black. Um, so I want to talk about women today and a health issue that black women are going through. Um. I specifically want to discuss black women and fertility, the face of infertility and infertility um, services being more of a white issue. Like when we see it in the media, we see it on TV, when we see, you know, services even depicted in like shows that we like or movies that we like. I noticed that when people are addressing infertility, a lot of times it's never really black women. I also want to discuss with you today. Um, you know, why black women face more trauma during childbirth. And I want us to talk about like why our mortality rate is higher mm-hmm. than, um, than white women. So I really still need to calm down. Yeah, Ooh. we should have had wine tonight. <laughs> you're probably right. You, man, we should have a little sip. You're, you're, you're probably a little sip and, a, little sip and see. What's a sip and see? I know what a sip and taste is. A sip and see is when you, um, it's like a baby shower. They call it a sip and see, but I just use the term because I don't know why. But that's what a sip and see is. You never heard of a sip and see? No. It's a, it's a, it's a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills thing. That's gotcha. I've seen it. All right. So, and there's that. And there you go. So. Fertility. That's what you have when the baby is already here. Like, you know, if you have a oh, baby okay, early, I understand. So I instead understand. of having a baby shower, you have a sip and see because. That makes, that makes sense. the baby now. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't explain I, it fully, but I get that's it what now. it is. I still don't like the name, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, fertility really is a crisis amongst uh, black women and the black community. Like, I we're going to talk about women today, but I want to talk about it as a community issue because, you know, if you're experiencing infertility, you know, you specifically know that you're experiencing infertility because you're trying. And you can't. And you can't. And so, um, infertility is basically like if you've been trying for 12 months and you haven't conceived yet then you're going through an infertility issue or you're having fertility issues and it's not only the women's it's not only a woman's issue because you know 
men can have a low sperm count. Correct. You know, and so that could sometimes, you know, sometimes women go through this whole thing and beat themselves up, like, why can't I get pregnant? Why can't I get pregnant? And it's not always the woman. No, and then they, you know, everybody goes and gets fertility testing done, and the man has, like, zero sperm count. That is important. So it's like, no matter what you do, you wouldn't have been able to get pregnant. You're not going to be able to get pregnant regardless. Right. Or, you know, you might need some assistance. So we've got some, you know, some tips today. We just want to, I do want to address the fact that, like, it's not just infertility as a separate issue. Like, it causes anxiety. Mm-hmm. It causes depression. It causes financial strain. It really, really does, um, depending on how you choose to try to rectify it. Yeah. Um, you know, I know people go and they, they freeze their eggs. They have in vitro fertilization. Or sometimes, you know, if they can't conceive, or they can conceive, but they can't hold the baby, then they'll have a surrogate. Like, you still have to pay those doctor bills. It's just... There's a lot of money involved in fertility. Yeah. Um, and another thing, too, it's a business. It so is. You have to keep that in mind mm-hmm. because this is, and this is just a, something that I've noticed is that, and the people that I know personally that mm-hmm. have gone through IVF, it was never successful the very first time. Right. Not saying that anything that anybody did. But I don't know anybody that was successful the, the very first, first time. time. It's because so, it's still a business. And it's so crazy. Like, the women that I know that are, like, that I'm attached to who have been through fertility issues, like, while they're trying to rectify the situation, um, their bodies go through so many changes. You know, they're bloated a lot of times. And, of course, not one thing, resp- everybody's res- body does not respond to one thing the exact same way. But a lot of times their bodies hold a lot of weight depending on what medications they're taking. Like it's just it can be really stressful and heartbreaking, especially like if you're going through treatments and then, you know, a couple months go by and there's no baby, like Or there is a there is a baby right? and then it's Exactly. Not. So then you have to deal with those effects That's too mentally mm-hmm. and Physically, because you can't just be pregnant one day and then the next day you're not and then everything's okay. Like, no, there's a whole process that you have to put your body through to basically rid yourself of that, you know, material that's no longer active in Mm -hmm. your body. I also think, I also hate that we don't, that it's such a taboo subject amongst women, black women in particular, that when someone has a miscarriage... A lot of times they won't even talk about it outside of their home and not realizing that so many people, whether it's their mothers, their grandmothers, their aunts, some of their cousins, their friends have also been through the exact same thing. But nobody's talking about it. So people think that they're going through it alone and they're not. Especially our grandmothers, because they had a lot of their children at home. Mm -hmm. You know, so I know that they and I know just speaking from personal experience, my own grandmother had you know several Mm -hmm. um miscarriages or stillborns or what have you like they were having these children at home so this is not a new thing like this has been happening since the beginning of the time and it will continue to happen so this is something that you're dealing with my thing is i'm and i don't know because i've not i've never had any type of fertility treatments or anything but if you pay all this money i mean it should be some type of therapy or counseling that goes along with this in case you know what i'm saying like it's a not a the outcome you were expecting. Right. Because you're paying a lot of money for these services. Right. And then you have to inject yourself, and it's just a lot. It's like a whole... And I'm not saying that if the time comes that I wouldn't do it, but to me, I would just feel like the entire process is like this calculated 
thing, you know, because it is like you got to do, you got to make sure you're ovulating. You got to count your days. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just like, boom, I'm pregnant. Right. It seems it, like it would be just physically and mentally taxing. It is, but for women who really want to have a baby, like, kind of like we were joking earlier, like by any means necessary, like sometimes it really is about that. And, um, you know, I just want to throw some numbers at you guys today. So I was reading that 7.3 million people, people are struggling with infertility in the U.S., right? So black women are twice as likely to experience infertility than white women. Nearly 12% of black women report that that word is key for me. They report infertility compared to approximately 6% of white women who report infertility. And white women are more likely to report it than black women, if that makes sense. So think about the fact that 12% of black women are reporting it. 6% of white women are reporting it. But black women are less likely to report it than white women, which means that it's, prob- it's likely more than more, 12%. Yeah. Um, and another thing, too, I think that goes into just infertility in general is that, you know, now women are waiting longer to even try to conceive and for try so to, many for so yeah, many reasons yeah which is fine but the the thing about it is when we are and this was this goes hand in hand with that i was reading this um quote that was put up by this poet that i love her name is sunny patterson mm-hmm. and she posted something that you know basically said that when you're for for well all of us because we all come from a woman but when you're inside your mom when your mom's inside of your grandmother oh, her her eggs are already formed you That's already right. have as many eggs as you're gonna have the day you're born right which are already in you if you're inside your mom who's inside your grandmother That's right. so I say that to say like as much as we hate to admit it and as much as sad as it is we're not like men like we don't have this huge amount of time that we can conceive because I mean a man could get somebody pregnant in his 70s Mm -hmm. we have a predetermined amount of eggs and it's like the older we get those eggs are older too and so the weaker and the less um fertile we become so I think that also adds into the the stress and strain because you know that you're on a time constraint right which kind of makes me sad like I know that there are women who choose to wait later Mm -hmm. and that is perfectly okay but then there are women who really want to settle down and have kids and you know years ago you got married a little younger like even if you were educated you know you still got married younger than we are and by we I mean the collective are getting married now and a lot of women are really waiting on the men not waiting on one particular man but men are just not even asking for hands in marriage anymore like they used to back in the day and so it's like okay well what do I do do I just you know go have a baby because women are also doing this like going and just having a baby on my own like going to the clinic and deciding on a sperm donor and just having a baby and taking care of it without the drama but to ensure that their own bloodline you know is secure yeah and and that makes me sad for a lot of women who just not just want to be pregnant but want to be a part of a family union unit and want to um rear children and then you know they're being asked in their late 30s and you know early 40s to get married and then it's too late yeah, and then they're having trouble. Yeah, or 
you think about, you know, women who are older and they develop health issues. Like, they have issues with, like, endometriosis and fibroids. Yeah, and I so, was just getting ready to say that. No matter yes. if their eggs are viable, they now have had a hysterectomy. So, that, so they don't have that option anymore right. because of health conditions. And I was talking to someone who is in that, that same position who had fibroids and had to have a partial hysterectomy, but she doesn't have a uterus anymore. And she was just like, I'm so depressed because I am the only child of yeah. my parents. So now what... A, I feel depressed because I can't even give them a grandchild or I can't, you know, have a child I, yeah, to, to carry on our lineage because the fibroids and now I don't have a uterus. So it's not just women who, you know, are just experiencing infertility, just basically look at the draw. There are women who have had serious health um, complications that are just not physically able to do it anymore because of, you know, surgeries or, you know, having... Um, some people's, some some people's. What I sound like? I'm from freaking color purple. Some some you individual. <laughs> you know, your fallopian tubes can be closed. They can be scarred. You can have, you know, um, your uterus can be tilted. Yeah, I mean, it's so many things that you have to think about, or that can come into play if you start to notice that you're having a difficult time being pregnant. That's why when women talk, I mean, when people, when men specifically talk about women don't have it as hard as they, you know, claim to. I just, I just shuffle and shrug, and Listen. I just keep it moving because we could talk all day. And um, I don't know if you've ever watched like a bunch of episodes of Married to Medicine, but you know, Dr. Jackie on Married to Medicine mm-hmm. is an OBGYN. And so she was just... Um, I saw her in Atlanta. Did you? Leaving the mall. She's mm-hmm. pretty. She is so pretty. And I was like, dang, that lady looks familiar. And she was pulling off in her little Panamera. And I was like, that was Dr. Jackie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was discussing black women and fertility. And she was saying that... Um, she was just talking about a couple things that black women need to know. <coughs> Excuse me. And she was saying half, half will not see a doctor. So, like, one of the things we have to make sure to do when we're trying to conceive is go see your doctor. And she reiterated that if you're trying for 12 months and you are not successful, that is infertility. Um, She talked about how, like, more than 50% of black women have fibroids. So, you mentioned fibroids. And they they cause blockage. They Mm -hmm. block the cavities. They block the tubes. Like, fibroids are very... Um, dangerous when it comes to fertility mm-hmm. issues. Or cysts. Uh-huh. Exactly. If those bad boys rupture, you can have... That, that could be serious. Exactly. Um, you can have your um, ovaries covered in, in cysts. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's no baby coming out of that until you... Because it's compressed. ...rectify that situation. Form yeah. and release. The follicles can. And then another thing that is so interesting to me... And this this should be, like, just just tell you how you are here for a purpose. Because each month in a normal ovary, it's like something like a million follicles prepared to release an egg. But only one, Mm -hmm. or sometimes two, that's how you get fraternal twins. But anyway... Usually, typically, only one one egg matures enough to release. Right. So that means if you are sitting here, you, you are really one on in purpose. a million. Mm-hmm. Like that. Like when I think about stuff on that scale, mm-hmm. it's just like a miracle. A miracle. Every, so we're all miracles. Yeah, we're all miracles, and so I I do think that everyone who wants it, 
And even sometimes people who may not want it, if it happens and you accept it and you, you, you choose to move forward with the pregnancy, everybody deserves that miracle of life if that's what you want. Right. That's so true. Um, Dr. Jackie was also discussing poor diet. Obesity produces too many hormones sometimes. It does. Um, and mostly can, estrogen. Now, that can be a big... Um, component in infertility right because you see it a lot of times with obese women because of the excess of hormones they don't even have a period anymore right so that means that they're not even releasing any eggs so you know until you get the excess weight off of you and your body can function as it should Mm -hmm. you're going to always struggle with infertility yeah so that's a huge one also stress has a lot to do with it really does Stress, no matter what it's about, whether you're stressing about financial situations, you're stressing about your marriage or your relationship, you're stressing about, you know, being a caretaker or, you know, whatever it is, work, those things will affect your um, chances of being fertile because all that stress produces excess hormones that throw off your body chemistry. Right. So just a couple tips before we move into the second part. Um, One of the major things is to... Definitely eliminate the shame. Yeah. Report your issues to the doctor. Um, I know even with some of the things that Dr. Jackie was saying, she was like, you know, we turn to religion a lot, which is what we talked about on one of our episodes. And she was like, you got to know that, like, you need to go to the doctor. Like, a way has already been made. Like, you need to go get checked out. Um, Start eating, like, organic foods whenever you can. Um, Some things that I read were like eating wild-caught fish, you know, rich in omega-3s, or if you're not taking a a vitamin, um, your vitamin E-rich foods, your vitamin C-rich foods. um, Green leafy. Cruciferous veggies, yes, like broccoli, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, stuff like that. Lower your alcohol intake if you don't eliminate it altogether, and caffeine, cut any drug use, and cut grains. (laughs) I know you love your coffee. Cut grains because they also... um, increase estrogen, cut your refined sugars, um, you know, take fertility promoting supplements. I even know someone who uh, was taking progesterone cream, like as a topical um, thing to balance like their estrogen and their mm-hmm. progesterone. And then decrease your stress levels. Like you said, go to bed. And It's okay to miss out on some stuff, y'all. Uh-huh. You ain't got to be everywhere. You ain't got to be everywhere. Take you a night, lay on your couch. Eat you some white cheddar popcorn like I normally do when I'm watching TV, okay? (laughs) And chill out. Like, get you some sleep, okay? Because you are, when you don't sleep, you're putting so much undue stress on your body just to function normally. Mm -hmm. When you sleep, that is when your body restores itself. So if you're running on fumes, how do you expect for your body to function normally? How do you expect to have a normal period? Even men, how do you expect to have a normal size sperm count? And let's just talk about that too. Yeah, because we are going to discuss it. Y'all have to exercise. Exercise and balances everybody's hormones. Yes, because men can have hormone imbalances too. Drinking too much alcohol. Wearing tight underwear. Listen, don't nobody want y'all to tie a little sperm. <laughs> and one thing, too, that I was reading a while ago is that... Um, now, I don't know what the studies have been. This was a couple years ago. But I saw on... It was like on Good Morning America, one of those daytime shows where they had some physicians on. And they had done some studies showing that higher rates of autism are linked to older sperm. So yeah. men whose sperm, you know, older men, their their sperm is older too. Not to say that they can't procreate, but sometimes that can be linked to 
autism, which I think a whole bunch of stuff is linked to autism, mm-hmm. but they did do a study and showed that it was higher in um, children whose fathers were older. Right. So keep that Just in mind, FYI, fellas. While you wait, all us. while you waiting, oh, and and that that's another thing, and I. I just got one more, excuse me, point to make, but um, that's another thing. I think the stigma in the past has been like, oh, they can't have a baby. She couldn't have a baby, and it's not all. Sometimes it's the man. Sometimes it's a combination of the two or just things not being done on both people's part, and instead of always, because even now, like, it's the women that always, like, go get checked out, like, take the shots, like, are doing all of these things. Um, but it's important for both parties. That's why I really believe in like including your partner because it's important for both parties to prepare their house. Like just because the woman is going to be carrying the baby does not mean like from a genetic standpoint, like you don't need to take care of yours as well. And one of my last points was it's important to get tested for STDs. Yeah, because STDs can cause they, scarring. Exactly. That will prohibit you long-term from having kids. Inform your doctor whenever you're trying to get pregnant. Like I said, just make sure you include your partner on discussions and, like, life changes. And um, like you alluded to earlier, make sure, you know, you get a sperm count. And none of it should be taboo. No. If we're, ta- if we're discussing procreating with one another that everything needs to be on the table about how, what the plan is, like how you're going to be effective in this journey. Everything should be on the table. Your right. medical history, your yep. family's medical history, all of that. Because just think about the, the, the times that, and I'm not saying that these people shouldn't have kids or that, you know, you don't, you won't move on in the process, but just think about how many people get together and have children and want and they both have a recessive sickle cell trait and neither one of them knew it until boom you have this child that's mm-hmm. basically going to be suffering with sickle cell for their entire life right when you didn't even know you had the trait that's because right. you've never had any type of like that's why when you go into like prepare to have a family with someone you have to talk about this stuff right it can't be one of those like cross cross that bridge when you get to it like you got to talk about it up front right um so With that being said, I do kind of want to touch a little bit on um, the mortality rate. I know black women are in between three and four times more likely to die of a pregnancy-related complication than white women are. Mm -hmm. And 60% of um, our deaths are preventable. I know I read like in, what is it, Chickasaw, Mississippi? That is a place, right? It sounds like some country. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like a lot. They had a lot of slaves down there. At one point. So it's probably a real place. At one point. The maternal deaths are preventable, but they are um, higher there amongst black women than they are in Rwanda. Yeah. We have like... That's like, crazy to me. And I and I hate to say that, but we have like third world rates when it comes to... Um, maternal mortality rates, especially for black women. And the number one cause of the maternal deaths are preventable, and they usually relate to high blood pressure or cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't really know how else to say this, but we as black women, if you feel like something is not right with your body, we have to, you have to be willing to push. If that means, yes. call, if that means if your OB is not really taking you serious, 
you may end up having to go to the emergency room. Because a lot of times black women don't get as... I'm sorry. They I mean, I'm not sorry, but they don't get the same kind of care everywhere that that other women do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They are bullied a lot of times, especially... Don't be in labor. I have seen doctors yelling at women, like, in the process, basically telling them, if you don't do this, you don't do that, you're going to kill your baby, you're going to be responsible for this. Women in labor. Like, I've seen black women bullied. While they were in labor. That's exactly what it is. And you need an advocate. Like, and it's just so crazy that we're talking about this today. And everybody knows I work in healthcare. And so I was actually working with a patient today who experienced high blood pressure, which then turned to basically preeclampsia, which is like, you know, untreated hypertension in women, which can lead to strokes, seizures, and um, what's called a placenta abruption, right. which basically... That's it, what Beyonce had. Right, because. which is basically what happens when the placenta separates from the lining in the uterus and, and the baby gets all its nutrients, its blood supply, its oxygen, and everything from that placenta. So what happens is when the blood pressure in the mom gets so high that she strokes out or mm-hmm. she has a seizure, that placenta can then rupture during that process mm-hmm. and then the baby's not getting anything at that point, which can lead to a stillborn. Right. Um, so basically, this person was talking to me and telling me that over the course of their pregnancy, they started to feel progressively worse. They were letting their doctor know, you know, like I'm having these headaches, which if you're listening to this, whether you're male or female, male or female, A severe headache that does not go away is a bad sign. If you're having severe headaches consistently or frequently, you could be having, you know, extremely high blood pressures. You could be on a borderline of a stroke. There could be so many things going on. So you never ignore a severe headache, especially while you're pregnant. But she mentioned this to the doctor and the doctor basically said, oh, you're tired. You just need a rest. I've seen them do it. She was at work. She said having really bad headaches, swelling, which is a, a number one sign yeah. of high blood pressure in anybody. Swelling, headaches, and back pain. And she called them and told them, you know, ask could she get a note for work because she felt really, really bad. And the nurse told her, oh, women work until they're going to labor. Like I, I asked you for a note. Just give me my note. So she ended up going to the hospital. The baby, she had a placental abruption. The baby ended up in the NICU for a couple weeks. And when she inquired about her blood pressure, it was then told to her that her blood pressure had been elevated at her a couple of her last visits. But you didn't want to tell me that while I was in my visits. I already said, like, I would want everybody's head on a stick. My baby in the NICU, because, not necessarily because of something that you didn't tell me, but I've been informing you, I've been asking you, you know, you didn't give me the pertinent information that I needed, and then my baby was in the NICU? Mm -hmm. And it all goes in line with us not asking questions, and basically being bullied, and rushed out of the office. Like, I don't understand how, and I'm not saying that you got to know the ins and outs of everything related to your health, but at least know what a normal blood pressure is. So if you go somewhere and you, you know, or, you know, ask for a copy of an after visit summary. They're supposed to give you that when you leave the doctor's office showing you how much you weigh, what your blood pressure was. And then if you see something that says elevated, you're like, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. what is this? Because these are reasons why we are having just some of the reasons why we're having such high mortality rates when it comes to um, black women. Also, 
um, studies have shown that black women are pressured into having, um, you know, quicker yes. interventions when it comes to pregnancy. They're, they're um, you know, given the, op well, basically being told that they have to have a C-section, which can I lead to, you know, a too. cascade of interventions like, you know, infection. Um, or they're told, like, we need to induce you, which can then put stress on the mom and the baby. I'm very adamant about not being induced. Right. Because I've read so many articles saying those very same things, like black women being bullied into, specifically being bullied into inducing. I, I've read that a lot of doctors will do it because they don't like to um, deliver on the weekends. And so they know that a birth is coming up. They will induce you, like, the two days, I want to say, were, like, Tuesdays and Wednesdays or Wednesdays and Thursdays, where, like you see most of those and that's that's sick. it's sick now there is a documentary and it, it's not tailored to black women but um any woman who um is thinking about becoming pregnant or just has a curiosity i've just always had a curiosity with the female body and how it works there's a documentary that was on netflix i don't know if it's on there anymore but it was put together um, and I, by Ricky Lake, mm -hmm. the talk show host, and it's called "The Business of Being Born." Uh, yeah, and it it's goes good too. yes, it goes through like how, I mean, those are major surgeries. It's just not like you go in there and they just pop the baby out. Like mm -hmm. they cut through your skin, your muscles, your yeah. tissue. Mm -hmm. They they move your organs around. Like it's a huge deal. And then when you think about it, you have to recover from that major surgery. Right. So that's time spent not being able to lift not being able to care for yourself or your baby mm -hmm. like you would want to in those, you know, beginning stages of life. And you you set yourself up to have even more complications because now you're healing from a major abdominal surgery. Right. And a lot of the times it's about convenience for the doctor mm -hmm. and money. So that's one thing that we have to do as a community is basically become more empowered when we enter into healthcare situations, not feel afraid to ask questions. Um, but it's just sad because there is this atmosphere of systemic racism within everything that happens. That's and right. so, you know, if people like Serena Williams can go into the hospital and not be taken seriously as a woman who has had blood clots before, who's had a major surgery, which comp which blood clots are a complication, can be a complication of any surgery. Mm -hmm. Cesarean section, knee replacement. I mean, you get your ankle operated on, a blood clot can happen. Right. But for someone who has issues with blood clots and she has a major surgery, and this is Serena freaking Williams, and she's telling you that she feels like she did when she had a blood clot after she just had major surgery and they ignored her. Can you imagine just... You know, little Letitia off the street going into the hospital. Correct. Not knowing what to say or what's happening or not wanting to feel like you're inconveniencing them. Like, this is why people are dying. And that's one of the major things I wanted to drive home. Like, I do not want people to leave this episode without remembering that er everything dealing surrounding black people in America is rooted in racism. You can fight me if you want to. You won't win. I'm serious. And even down to like your doctor's visits, you have to be cautious. Like I've, I've even experienced that on my own, not necessarily with this subject, but having like an OBGYN tell me that nothing was wrong when I knew something was wrong and I was much younger. So I just believed her. And the moment I stopped going to her and I started to go, I decided I was going to go find an African-American female OBGYN. And instantly she was like, this is what's up. This is what's up. This is what's up. 
And I'm like, I've been trying to tell this white lady who I thought was cool with me this all these years. And all I could do was cry because I'm like, why wouldn't she take me seriously? I go in there with my notepads. I go in there doing research before my visit. I ask a bunch of questions and I still walked away with, oh, you're, it's, it's not what you think. You're fine. Yeah, and that right there pisses me off because, no, I'm not fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I had some issues, um, and, you know, I don't mind about talking about it. It's life. I'm transparent. I had some issues with extreme nausea mm-hmm. during my cycle. Mm-hmm. Could not figure out what it was. And it had been going on for a while, and and I got in with a black OBGYN, and she immediately said, okay, we're going to run some labs. Like, we're going to figure out what it is. What's your family history? Does anyone in your family ever have fibroids? Are you taking... Like, it was like this whole, like... She just, like, swarmed in on me. But that's what you want. That's what you want. Mm -hmm. That's what you want. And I think that it's very important for... If you have the mind to. If you can... Like, it's not even if you can afford to. If you have... If you work for a job and you have commercial insurance, nine times out of ten... Preventative care is free. Yes. So even if you get you a, a OBGYN and you only go for your yearly visits, establish a rapport with someone so that way they know when you come in, like, okay, something really wrong with her. Like, yeah. this is serious. Like, you know, develop that rapport with someone so then you're not scared to ask questions. That's right. You know, you feel like you can talk to them. And then at the end of the day, what I think people don't realize is that physicians are providing a service, okay? Without you, they do not get paid. So if you go in there and you're not getting the answers that you want, find somebody else. Else. I mean, it's so crazy to me when I talk to people on the phone, 40 and 50 and 60-year-olds, and they are scared to ask for a second opinion from another doctor. Mm -hmm. Well, do you think that'll be okay? Hell yes, it's okay. Do you want to die? Like, I mean, that's what it really comes down to. That's right. Yes, it's okay. Ask for a second opinion. You don't have to go there. I mean, they didn't stop graduating people from medical school when that doctor graduated. Right. There are others there. So we have to become proactive about our life, but we also need education about what's what. Right. And a resource that I feel like that is shunned and looked down upon is the health department. There are so many black you nurses better that work at the health department. And they department. care. That will care about you. And they care. You hear me? They might come off a little brash sometimes depending on where you live. But they care. Yeah. And they have those services there for free. Mm -hmm. If if that's all you can afford. If you know that you're pregnant, whether you're sad, whether you're scared, whether you're ashamed. Healthcare is confidential. At least go to the health department to get checked. To get your prenatal Prenatal vitamins. vitamins, All women should be taking vitamins daily anyway. Because when you look at the prenatals and the women's multivitamins, it's almost the, the same. same thing. Mm-hmm. You should be taking something like that anyway. Gotta keep I'm going to get, off my, I'm get off my soapbox, but this is this no, is no, my this area. is important. This is this is my area. This is this is one thing that I'm very passionate about is women's health. You know what? I see a lot of um, black women doing here recently. Now that this subject is, I don't think that it's getting as much traction as it needs to. But a lot of black women are going to get doulas. Um, yes. Just as an extra advocate, like a professional doula, um, and if you guys don't know what a doula is, it's a person that's trained to assist you during childbirth. Sometimes they stick around with you after the baby is born. Um, They provide like emotional support. They provide, you know, actual physical support. They're a birthing coach, like all of those things. Um, But sometimes when you're in the room and maybe your family doesn't know what's, what's what, like everybody doesn't have a nurse in the family, 
or your husband doesn't know what's what or your boyfriend or you know the child's father your mother whoever like your doula can be there to be an advocate to be like no this is it's not going down like this right yeah so and they're more prone to to offer different suggestions and different methods of birthing to make the process easier like when I watched that documentary, The Business of Being Born, mm-hmm. even the way that we give birth in the hospital is incorrect. Uh-huh. The traditional way and the way that the body, now this is not like just, oh, we read this in the, the way that the body is made, the female body, you are supposed to be on your hands and knees mm-hmm. giving, giving birth. birth. Uh-huh. You're not supposed to be laying on your back like that because right. then the birth canal is tilted the wrong way. Right. When you're down on all fours, it opens up and it, it's just a clean exit. Right. So everything that is about that experience is really commercialized. It's mm-hmm. not correct, which just makes the process of labor longer right. and more, more traumatic. Mm-hmm. You know, for and you and the baby. For you and the baby. Then you think about it when they induce your labor. Those that's a chemical they're putting it is. in your body. That I do not want. And the that. first thing they do is they give it to you, and then it doesn't work. You're still laboring for long periods of time. Now you're under all this mental stress and phys- physiological stress from this toxin. Mm-hmm. The baby's under stress, and then the first thing they say is, "Oh, the baby's heart rate dropping. Now we got to do a C-section. now we got to do a C-section." When you could have just left well enough that's alone a and let cycle. them labor. For as long now, when it gets to the point to where it just naturally you can't do it anymore, or, the, or something is going on with the baby, then I understand you don't have a choice, and it's it's an emergency. Right. But it's typically not presented as a choice. Right. The doctors are usually the decision makers, and this is what we're going to do, mm-hmm. regardless of whatever. Because I want to go play golf tomorrow. Right. I don't want you to be calling me tomorrow like, oh, I gotta have a baby. That is a thing. That is a real thing. Ooh, that was a lot, but that so, was good. Good info. That was really good info. I was really looking forward. I know we talked a lot, um, a long time rather, about, you know, doing a fertility issue episode. Wasn't really sure, like, which angle angle in which we were going to tackle it. Um, And it can be discussed. There's so many other things, so many other tips, um, so many other facets of this conversation. But I felt like that was a really good start to talk to tag in on the mortality rate because I don't think women women of color or people at large really know that that's what's going on mm-hmm. and to touch on infertility and to let you know it's not your fault um and just do all that you can to take care of yourself your body um prepare for your future family and um make sure you you know involve your village even if your village is just your mate yeah you know? and one thing that i have to say y'all know i'm crazy and y'all know i act silly but I am a little bit smart, okay? So, <laughs> not <laughs> a, a little bit, bit a lot of it. Um, and so, I'm just going to say this for everybody listening. Male, female, woman, boy, or girl, the normal blood pressure is 120 over 80. Okay? So, if you, did, if you didn't know it, now you know it. Mm-hmm. 120 over 80. Heart rate, 60 to 100. Okay? So, at least you know that much. At least you know if you go in and you go to the doctor, you've been having a headache, you look at your blood pressure, and it's 140 over 95, you know your blood pressure is too high. That's why you're having these headaches. So right. just those little things will help us as a community to be more prepared when we enter into situations with healthcare, um, with healthcare employees. Right. Because that's what they are. They're employees. They work for you. You don't work for them. Right. And I'm saying that as someone who works in healthcare because I say it all the time when, like you know. 
patients may sometimes, especially when I was in the hospital, will apologize for taking that. And I'm like, this is what I am here for. Mm -hmm. And I tell them all the time when they when they say, oh, I'm sorry or I'm taking up too much of your time. I say I'm going I'm getting paid regardless. I'm here to do a service. So whether it takes me three hours with you. Or 15 minutes with you. That's right. You paying the same. Like, you might as well just, you got me. Right. You got your own personal nurse, so let's just roll with it. That's right. So that's the way you should go into those situations. Good stuff, B. Okay. All right, so thank you for sharing that. Thank you for getting me all high. You see, I got all high. I know. I was hype <laughs> on the front end. You hype on the back end. That's how this thing works. I got all hype or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I love when I get the... Show my education skills or whatnot. <laughs> she went to school and stuff. <laughs> I did go to school. So, mm-hmm. what I want to know now is what brought you joy this week? What did you find funny or inspiring? What brought me joy? Okay, I'm going to tell you what brought me joy. Okay. What brought me joy was this week at, well, this weekend, this past Sunday at the Pride Parade. We talked about how many churches mm-hmm. that we saw out representing on their floats. And there was this one church float in particular. And they had two sons. <laughs> on their float that really, yeah. really, really touched me. And one side said, God has pride in you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like gay pride. And then the sign on the back said that God is love. And that is really all he or she is. I think when I saw that, I was like, isn't that it? I mean, isn't that, that it? That is it. Period. All of this other stuff, all of these fake rules that churches make up and all of these desks that you can't touch and all of these uh uh chants you gotta say all of that don't don't that's man-made stuff god right. ain't, those traditions are not of god all god is is love in its purest form that's right and that really really touched me to see them out there right because that's what it's really about that's all it's about so that's what really gave me hope and inspiration and just made me feel all warm and gushy on love the it. inside I love it. It's funny because I, I had two things that inspired me. Well, one thing that inspired me and another thing that impacted me that I wanted to talk about this week. Okay. And the thing that inspired me was the number of pride supporters that I saw out there. And one of the young guys that I went to college with, I saw him post. I saw him out there, ran up to him um, while we were marching in the parade, gave him a big hug. Didn't know that that was his mother standing beside him, but I saw him post a picture of her today um, with him yesterday. And, um, he was just discussing how everybody was saying he was so lucky lucky and so blessed to have his mother there with him, supporting him. Because, you know, so many people in the LGBT community don't have that kind of support. And um, that just made me feel good. Like, you know, things are shifting mm-hmm. regardless. And people are becoming more accepting. I hate that it's taken so long. Um, but every for every individual who is receiving that kind of love, I was just really inspired by that. That kind of support because there are some people who are being kicked out of their homes as teenagers because their parents can't handle the thought of having a homosexual child, which is With ridiculous. All the stuff that you can have, you can have a murderer, exactly. You can have a sociopath. Mm-hmm. You could have, you know, what I'm saying like a maniac. You mm-hmm. can have a bank robber. You could have a but terrorist. You're worried, you worried about, about who your child loves. You worry about who somebody's sleeping with. Right. Are you sleeping with them? Right. Because that's that's what you need to be worried about. Are right. you sleeping with somebody? Like. Sis, get it together. But I was also impacted by a thread that I saw on Twitter by Kimberly Yam, and it read, the beginning of the thread read like this. You're eight years old. You're in third grade. Your third grade class orders Chinese food. 
Your father delivers it. You are so excited to see your pops in school. He's your hero. But apparently, other kids don't think he's so cool. They laugh at him and mimic his accent. You don't want to be Chinese anymore. And that's the beginning of the thread. Already had me like mushy a little bit. But then it talks about, there's another one that says like 16. It talks about um, the kids dressing in Halloween costumes as uh, Chinese tourists and the teacher. And, and they have like um, cameras around their necks. Mm-hmm. And the teacher asks if the kid is offended And Kimberly says, no, but she really is. And then at 17, she went to college. And there's an Asian boy who is really proud of his heritage who asks, you know, like, why don't you speak your native tongue? You know, eat any of the food. And then she's, like, embarrassed. Turns 20 and decides, like, you know, okay, I'm going to go back to my heritage and, you know, really inundate myself in my own culture. So, Uh, She's feeling repaired by the age of 20, gets the family name tattooed, um, and loves being Chinese again, which also choked me up. And then at the age of 25, which she's 25 now, you see a movie with an all-Asian cast at a screening, and for some reason you're crying and you can't stop. You've never seen a cast like this in Hollywood. Everyone is beautiful. You're so happy you're Chinese. And she was referring to crazy rich Asians. Mm -hmm. Representation matters. This is how we felt with Black Panther. Um, And this is also the importance. This just reiterates the importance of um, supporting marginalized groups, like other marginalized groups. This is why pride in general, just to bring it full circle, matters. Yeah. Pride mm-hmm. in your heritage, pride in your culture, pride in who you are, pride in who you love, like everything. Good stuff. So, whew, there's that. Um, anything you don't want the people to forget? Yeah, so um, I have been so bad since I've moved to Charlotte, and I have not really been able to, like, get out to, like, any, like, art events. Mm-hmm. I feel, well, a few, but it was kind of, like, by happenstance. Um, but on September the 7th, there is an event going on at the Harvey B. Gantt Center for African American Arts and Culture. It is called Art After Five Preview Party, and um, it's free to register. And uh, this is just a description given on the Eventbrite, which I've already RSVP'd. You do have to RSVP, and that's just kind of courtesy. So they'll know how many people to expect because right. you don't want to just show up to somebody's stuff. Um, but it says, join us for an evening of cocktails and art after five. Meet this season's exhibiting artists and be among the first in Charlotte to view a new exhibition commissioned by the Harvey B. Gantt Center, along with other works. It's free admission and it's a cash bar. And it's going to be Friday, September 7th from 6 to 11 p.m. on 551 South Tryon Street in Charlotte. I love the Harvey so, B. Gantt Center. I'm going to go. And that's just something that, you know, the people shouldn't forget. If you want to come out, it's free. <laughs> we love free. Because you love free, you know what I mean? So if you want to come out. To What's wrong with her, guys? Free, see some artwork, mix and mingle, you know, have a relaxing night of art and self-care. You know, mm-hmm. chilling, hanging out. Um, Come on out to the RVB Gantt Center and support. Love it. What you got? What I you got? What think you got? What I need got? to save mine for like two more weeks so it'll, you know, still be relevant. So I'll wait on mine. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so as we wrap the show up, what is your good word for the good people? Girl, I ain't got no good word this week. For real? For real. That's okay. I don't have any good word. No, no, no. I've, this is, I've been in a state of mourning. Yeah. For the past few days, so mm-hmm. 
I don't got no inspiration to give y'all. Just love your pets, okay? Just love, <laughs> Just your, love pets. your pets while you got them, okay? Because my house is in turmoil still from the loss of my so my dog baby. So I don't have no good word. Y'all send me some good words, okay? Keep me in your prayers. Because I keep hearing dogs, little pitter-patter. I heard my dog this morning whining. Ain't no dog. Keep me in your prayers, y'all. Send me some good words, some, some words of encouragement. Because your girl up here struggling. Amen. Amen. What's your, you give me, give me some good word, girl. I need See, you. See, you don't need the one. <laughs> I literally have a good word for real this week. And uh, you want to know what it is? Yeah. I've been thinking about this for like three days. I'm serious. This has been on my heart, and I know it's supposed to be my good word. You ain't gonna call nobody ugly, is you? No, oh. not today. I already did that before the show started. <laughs> what was you gonna say? Go ahead, let me know. Tighten up. Tighten Ooh. up. Tighten up. And you Ooh. know, normally I'm soft, right? She I am not that. here she for did it. The black girl hand. Listen. The fist in the hand. Tighten up. Tighten I understand up. being emotional. I understand, like, getting your feelings hurt. I understand being down in the dumps. I understand whenever we have failures and we need to, like, regroup and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we have to tighten up. Up. There are a lot of blessings out there waiting for us to catch up to where they are because they're just out there waiting on us. We have talents. We have the energy. We have the resources. Tighten up. Get your stuff together and keep it moving. I'm dead serious. I want to see everybody winning. I I promise there are some people who are haters, right? Whatever a hater is. To you. To you. Because it's different for and everybody. they won't do it in your face. Right. They do it in their group chats. But here's the thing. I, I might have said this before. <laughs> I always want my people to build their castles high. Because if even if yours is higher than mine in that moment, I don't see it as a threat. I see it as something to aspire to. Right. Like, if my circle is winning, then I'm winning too. Because now it's tangible. So, I want all of you to win. Tighten up. You can do it. You don't you can be human. You don't always have to press through every day at 100 miles an hour, but you do have to keep moving. Yeah. Tighten up. When? When 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 when? Bye y'all. If everything else, when 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 when? You know you can find Stop us on social media. Stop it. With the Cultural Shock <laughs> Podcast, you can find us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Culture Shock Podcast. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. Please make sure to give us a review if you're feeling nice. If you're not, keep it to yourself. No, I'm just joking. We really want to know how you feel. And you can always email us at blackcultureshockpodcast at gmail.com. First of all, you just saying me and me, but I'm going to let you live. You you put the, you put started them. You played the music on me while I was at the podium uh, saying my acceptance I did, speech. exactly, because your acceptance speech was 10 minutes long. And you know you only get two minutes. <laughs> I ain't even getting to thank God. Thank God then, Courtney. Thank, thank you, Lord, for getting me here. I like to thank my public. See, this is what I'm talking like about right here. I like to thank my mama. I everybody. am a girl named <laughs> Tiffany. And I'm 40 B. <laughs> This is the Culture Shock Podcast, and as usual, we out. Yeah. <laughs>